Are you ready, Mel? Ready for what, Scotty? Another Parkrun Adventure podcast. I'm always ready for the podcast. It's the funnest, funnest time of the week. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. My name is Scott. My name is Mel. And we are here to bring joy, laughter, adventures, information. Not always accurate. It's, yeah, rarely accurate, actually. But hopefully we're filling a gap in your week. I would go so far as to say we are the poets of podcasting. It's all very subjective, what we say. Yep, self-appointed poets of podcast. <laughs> That's who we are. Parkrun turned five on the weekend, so Parkrun Australia's been around for five years. Happy anniversary, Parkrun Australia. That's amazeballs. Can you remember your fifth birthday, Scotty? Let me think. No. You can't? No. Wow. It's not as much of a... (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't as long as you think it was. Can you remember yours? I'm pretty sure I could be confusing it with my eighth birthday, but I'm pretty sure my mum took me to see Benji at the cinema. You know, the dog, Benji. I think that was your eighth. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I'll make it easier. Can you remember your first park run? Yes, I can. Had to think about it there for a minute, but I can remember my first park run. Did you have any idea... What you're getting yourself in for? Not a clue. Were you nervous? Um, I don't think I was nervous. I had, because I went to the second event um, at my local, at my home park run, I had feedback from friends who'd been to the first and had kind of given me a rundown. So, I don't think nerves was one of the things that I was experiencing. I was looking forward to it. I was I was really interested to see how it was all going to go and how it would work because even though somebody explains to you tokens and barcodes and things like that, you, you still, you know, really need to experience it to understand it properly. Do you know what memories I've got from my first time at Park Run? It's not my first run as such. I was, as you know, I was starting out, Westerfolds with a very little experience about parkrun. So I looked up my closest one, which was Highlands in the north here in Melbourne, and I contacted them and said, I'll come along and help you volunteer. They said, great. And when I got there on the morning, the volunteer team consisted of Sue, the event director. Sue was timekeeper, scanner, tokens. Wow, so did you... Did you think, is this how all the events operate or? I kind of did for a while. So I helped Sue out. I think I was on the timekeeping. And the best thing was it looked really easy. So I thought, this is easy. I can do this. As in, this is easy. I can run my own event. Yeah. Yeah, because if we could do it with two people. Okay, admittedly, the numbers weren't massive, but the principles are still there. I'm I'm intrigued that you didn't think, oh, my God, what have I got myself in for when you showed up and there was just one person <laughs> trying effectively to do all the roles. Um, 
she must she must have you know carried it really well. Well, you know what it was because when I started out, parkrun just wasn't a thing here in Melbourne, so I, I didn't know about it. It's almost like it was just starting out. It was at Albert Park. They'd been going for a while, but still the numbers weren't big at Albert. You didn't have the expectations there or the experience of what an event typically looks like now. No, no, it's very different. And it's something I do try and remember when I'm bringing in new event directors. And I like to keep things simple and remind them of this because Parkrun is getting big. And every event wants to be the biggest. <laughs> yeah, we need to keep it simple. And you know what happened at Albert Park on the weekend? Speaking of keeping it simple. Yeah, well, they, they had to go back to the basics, didn't they? They did. And it's, again, it's a nice reminder about it's just a run in the park. And it's put on by volunteers. So if you weren't familiar, Albert Park were faced with starting their event with no equipment. On Saturday. 300 runners. What would you do, Mel? 300 runners, no stopwatch, no barcode scanner. Uh, all the volunteers still there showing up for, you know, doing their actual roles, but no technology to, to do it. Um, You'd I panic would, a little bit, wouldn't you? Y- yes. Yeah. I, I haven't had to experience that from the get-go. I mean, things go wrong during park run where either the stopwatch stops working or you lose tokens and things like that those sorts of issues one element of a bigger picture but to not have anything um i like to think i would have handled it as well as they did they used an iphone some post-it notes and lots of photos and they got through it which is a remarkable effort given the numbers that they have at albert park as well They're a very clever team, very resourceful, so well done. But can be done. It's that simple model. I enjoyed the simple pleasures of running on the weekend as well. I didn't get a run at Park Run. I was volunteering, which I was very happy to do. But on Sunday, I broke all my rules that I've stated on this podcast as well. And I had a solo run. I ran by myself. Wow. So on purpose? Or did everybody just bail on you at the last minute. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I've got to say, I really enjoyed it. Okay, so you said you broke all your rules. So, first rule is you, you'd prefer to run with other people. What What's another rule that you broke? I put my headphones in. <gasps> loaded up some beats on my phone. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> Rude and disrespectful to all those people that you weren't running with. I was running at 7 o'clock in the morning. I, I think I may have seen two people. So I put the beats on, so I, was, I had the headphones on, took my top off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, those two people must be scarred. <laughs> I quickly put it back on. <laughs> when and you realised it was cold, <laughs> 7 a.m. <laughs> yep. Um, but the other thing is I didn't look at – I knew where I was going. I ended up doing a freedom run at Diamond Creek Park Run. Nice and flat. I knew where I was going. I knew how far it was. And I didn't really look down at my watch until I was about 8k in. I was running a lot faster than I thought I would. So that gave me a nice little buzz as well. I just need to interject here. So you did a freedom run of Diamond Creek. 
I'm pretty sure they don't measure their course at eight kilometres. You must have tacked some on as well. Yeah. So or did you do it, it twice? No, no, I ran to it. Then I actually ran the wrong way. I started from the halfway point. But okay. Diamond Creek have got markings on the path, so you can go there and do it any time. So you had a bit of an adventure. You broke your own rules. I did. A solo adventure. So I broke my own rules. Are there any rules that you break or want to break? <laughs> Good job there, Scotty. Nice segue. Very smooth. Well, you were talking about music before. I, I have, um, what would I call them? I have deals. I have deals with certain songs that I put my iPod on shuffle if I'm running solo. And if a particular song comes on, then I have to behave in a certain manner. So, for example, if the Rocky theme song comes on or Everlong by Foo Fighters or Midnight Oil's King of the Mountain, those are all three songs that I have a deal with that I cannot stop and walk. It doesn't matter if I have run 20 kilometres. If that song comes on, I have to run. And if Monkey Wrench comes on, then I actually have to run really, really fast. I make deals with different songs about how I run. I like that because I think the music I was listening to on Sunday, was it was upbeat, so I think I ran faster. You've got a big race coming up this weekend. You're going to set about breaking any rules in that event? Um, this is another one of my rules. Welcome to my brain. I will not do an organized event that I have to pay to be in or travel to be in unless I'm going to get a medal. And the Bunbury Three Waters Festival has various distances, one of which is a 10K, one of which is a 5K. There's a half marathon, a full marathon, and a 50K. I believe it's 50, it might be 55. They don't give medals for anything less than a half marathon. And this is the second time I have registered for a half marathon because there weren't medals for any of the shorter distances. That's just one of my things. I'm not breaking that rule. It is so tempting for me to have done the 10K so that I could have actually enjoyed in a different way the rest of the festival so I would have been able to watch a lot more of the earlier distances and cheer them on because I can't help myself but cheer when I'm at the events even if I'm running so when I run the half marathon that will be three hours of me being a mobile cheer squad basically but so I'm not breaking that rule I'm going to get a medal even though I am grossly undertrained <laughs> for this event it's going to hurt a lot by the end of it. However, I'm going to combat that by attempting to break a whole bunch of other rules. And, and these are rules um, that runners tend to make. Oh, well, I think experienced runners have basically come up with these list of things. You've got to help me out here, Scotty. What, what, what are the things that you would never do on race day? Big meal beforehand. Okay. As in the night before or in the morning or? Generally the morning. I don't think you need to be having a big cook-up breakfast. I don't usually 
eat anything in the morning before any run. I don't eat before park run. I don't eat before my long runs. However, it has been pointed out to me that if I'm going to run for three hours that I need to run with food. And while I should have possibly tried this during training, I didn't because I had a couple of bad training runs, one of which did end in vomiting. And and so food just doesn't sit well with me. But I'm going to try and eat food during this run. So we'll see how that goes. That's one of my rules broken. I am also going to wear something. That I was going I to say, that, that, that's the other one. Never try out new. New apparel. Yeah. No new shoes, no new running shirt, no new hydration belt that hasn't been tried over the distance or at least on long training runs. Yeah, that all works well in theory, but if you haven't had time to make your costume until the last week before the race, you're going to break that rule. And I've been working on my costume. Today I went and bought some more body paint and glitter. So... I've never actually – I've volunteered a lot with with face paint and things like that on, but I've never actually run 21 kilometres with it on my face. So we'll see how that goes. You could ignore the taper. You could go really hard at Park Run on Saturday, blow up. Well, it will be a PB, whatever I do at Bunbury. So I'll, I'll, I'll consider that. I'll consider that. Um I'm also considering drinking a lot of wine the evening before to see if that helps my hydration. Yeah, look, I think that's a rule that some people follow. You, what you're doing is you're increasing your sugar intake. So you've got oh, plenty so there's of science energy to that burn. proves this yeah. is good. Yeah, so you've got plenty of energy to burn the next morning. Okay. The head may or may not agree with you. Alcohol may be dehydrating, but think of the sugars. <laughs> it's glass half full. Technically, grapes are fruit, so I'm interested to hear what other people have actually done. I mean, you you post in running forums about getting other people's opinions on this and that and the other and, and what you should eat before a marathon and then you'll have some guy who runs two and a half hour marathon saying, oh, I always have a pizza and three beers the night before and things like that. I'm I'm interested to hear what people's pre-race, what what do you call those things? Um, rituals. Rituals, pre-race rituals. You know, I do know somebody who who wore the same undies for a few different. I mean, they washed them in between. I'm advised, but they they wore these same undies where they always got their PBs in these undies. That's a superstition. Well, it's a little bit of a ritual. Are you superstitious? I think I was, but I'm not anymore. Too old for that. Done too many runs to basically debunk every theory or ritual or superstition I may have had. I don't think I'm... I'm curious to hear what others are too. Superstitious. Superstitious runners. or I should say jet-lagged, back from his adventures overseas. We're now joined by Tim Oberg. Welcome back to the podcast, Tim. Mel, it's always great to be on the podcast, even when I am jet-lagged, as you say. So you've had some adventures of late. Where have you been? 
I have. This is probably the most uh, relevant piece I will ever do on your show in terms of parkrun adventuring because I've, I've been in South Africa for the last uh, 16 or so days. Um, and as, as you do when you book overseas travel, you always start with a Saturday and end with a Saturday in order to get maximum number of parkruns in. So uh, we were there for three consecutive Saturdays and um, the, on the first Saturday, we ran at a park run in, a, in an African township uh, in the uh, east of the country, quite close to the, the, the Mozambique border. Uh, and then on the middle Saturday, we did the Two Oceans, or the Two Oceans Marathon was on in Cape Town, but that obviously consisted of a marathon, or, well, an ultra marathon and a half marathon. So uh, the, the park run contingent uh, was there doing that. And then on the final Saturday, uh, we ran at Constantia Greenbelt Park Run uh, in Cape Town, which is uh, one of the most affluent areas in, in the whole country. So it was a real contrast uh, in terms of what we saw with the park run, starting with the, the township where the, the bulk of the people participating um, had you know, no running shoes or old running shoes and no running kit and certainly no... Um, Garmin's or, or GPS's and so on. Uh, they all had iPhones though, funnily enough. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you come from, they've all got iPhones. Um, and then on, yeah, as I say, and then on the last Saturday um, in the affluent uh, Constantia area, which was just beautiful running uh, between ar around million dollar homes on a, on a trail and looking at um, wineries and so on as you ran, it was just absolutely stunning. So a real contrast, uh, but both events fantastic. So I have a question about the first one that you went to, Tim. I noticed I saw in the photos in um, the newsletter that the kids and, and the other participants, they, they all had their barcodes, like we have our barcodes here. But yes. as you say, you know, they, they don't have shoes. They, they do have, you know, phones. They're scanning in their results, I'm assuming, still get emailed to them. Where, where do they access that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And it's, it's a really interesting one for Parkrun actually as an organization and, and you know the question is how do we use how do we still have our Parkrun model operate in locations where people just don't have internet access um, and actually one of the uh, sponsors of Parkrun in South Africa is a company called Blue Label Telecom and uh, part of that sponsorship is that they've now created a text messaging service that works via the old uh, analog, um, I, think, I think, is it GSM network? I think it might be called. Yep. So basically, people who don't have internet access but have old mobile phones on the old network, which a lot of these people do have, um, can receive their text messages, uh, sorry, their results that way. Um, in terms of registration, uh, and I saw this firsthand myself, what they would, would do is the event director would. Um, basically register people like he would have a clipboard folder and anyone who hadn't been registered they could write all their details down and he would register them so the following week um they would have he would have their printed barcodes waiting for them and then they would be able to uh get their results uh you know from that week forward so i guess it would mean that there'd be one week lag where you'd be an unknown runner um and then from there you'd be getting registered but the, the event director at, at, at Kamozi Parkrun is a teacher, uh, so I think he probably is using a bit of free internet time at school and a bit of free printing uh, for the benefit of, of his Parkrun community there. 
there were certainly a lot of smiles, so it's great to see that Parkrun can reach places you would never really imagine. Yeah, it was really amazing. And, and look, Paul Sinton Hewitt, the founder, he's born in Zimbabwe and, and, and raised in South Africa, and he was extremely emotional to sort of see uh, this concept that he has and had or had and has, still has, uh, is now reaching deep into his, his homeland. In, and, 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 you know, to be honest, uh, he wouldn't have been safe uh, to go into that township um, th- you know, 30 years ago when he was living in South Africa, uh, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, it just wouldn't have been somewhere that he would have ever uh, wandered. So uh, and now to see parkrun in there is, is incredible. And what about the typical parkrun experience itself? Do they still do exactly the same thing as we do? Is the yeah. run briefing the same? Are the rules the same? Yeah, 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 there, there are. And, um, you know, what was actually really uh, heartwarming was the uh, the event director at Inkamozi Parkrun, who, who I would have thought would have been really nervous having um, the basically the global hierarchy of Parkrun in, in town at his event. He got up and he gave as good a run briefing, pre-run briefing, as you will have ever heard. Uh, he said all the right things, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have faulted it. And, and it was exactly the same sort of things that we would say here in Australia in a, in a pre-run briefing. So, you know, you, you keep left, make sure you've got your barcode, the volunteers all got a round of applause. He asked who was uh, a tourist and, you know, I think normally <laughs> it obviously uh, on that day there were plenty. Um, yeah, so just said all the right things and uh, I was really impressed with his run briefing. Uh, as I am whenever I hear any event director n- nail a, a run briefing perfectly. So, But, yeah, outside of that, everything's the same. It's the, the same scanners, the same stopwatches, the same tokens. Um, there really is, is next to nothing that you could say is different from what we do. But the main reason for you going to South Africa was the Country Managers Conference, correct? That's right, yeah. So it's the third year that w- we've gotten together as a global group to, I guess, discuss uh, the issues that each country is having and, uh, you know, the good and the bad and, uh, and I guess, sharing experiences and, and hearing as well of where the, the vision stands right now from, from Nick Pearson, who's the, the global CEO and, and, and where things are traveling. So, um, so we had representatives from almost all of the parkrun countries in attendance. Uh, so there was myself, uh, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, of course, uh, Russia, uh, Republic of Ireland, um, United Kingdom, of course, um, Jakob from Poland, who, of course, you guys know from the show. He couldn't make it down. Uh, he's, I think, I believe his mother-in-law is, is ill and he couldn't, uh, couldn't leave Poland, so it was a shame to, to miss him. Um, we didn't have anyone from the USA because there is no country manager in the USA at the moment. It's being run centrally. Uh, so, and then we had, uh, we had France and Italy. So, um, yeah, it was really good representation, uh, from, from, uh, the colleagues from around the world. So, so tell us, Tim, be honest, the top agenda item was letting the world know about parkrun adventurers, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, that was, um, 1.1 on the agenda was, uh, who are, who are Mel and Scott and how do we get you know, a dynamic duo like this in our own country. Um, <laughs> you know, so, of course, I, I said they're mine. You can't have them. Um, <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, that was that that was the number one agenda topic, and and then from there we we spoke about the the much lesser important uh, areas such as um, how are we going to fund this for the the next ten years, and uh, <laughs> how, do we, how how do we manage the fact that in twenty twenty two we hope to have a million runners a week participating? So yeah, they, they were the small smaller topics that uh, that came up afterwards. Well, I'm glad to hear that you've got your priorities right on on a country level. Yeah, of course. So, how are we going to fund it? Well, that's a good that's a good uh, a good question. But I mean, obviously, the, the the funding mix that sits within Parkrun right now is uh, is corporate support uh, in the form of sponsorship. Uh, so, you know, in Australia, we we have uh, Stockland and Suncorp Bank, and um, just between us, there's obviously there's going to be another significant announcement shortly on the sponsorship front. Uh, we, we can't say any more, but uh, it, is, it is locked in. Uh, and then, of course, uh, government support, so public funding uh, through grants and so on, uh, and, and that's a very important part of our funding here in Australia. Although, funnily enough, when you look at other countries, uh, South Africa, as an example, has never received a, uh, a RAND in, uh, in government support. Um, all their funding comes from uh, sponsorship. So it varies from country to country. Here in Australia, our mix is quite similar to the UK mix in that there's a, a good amount of corporate support, a good amount of government support. It, it, it probably won't change too much, but what may change is some some sponsorships may become global sponsorships um, where big business looks to, to come in and, and essentially own Parkrun uh, from a commercial sense across multiple countries. Uh, so that may happen. We don't have any global partners that yet, but there are sort of a, a handful of brands that would fit our ethos that are truly global and would be able to make a significant contribution. Um, so that may happen. And then merchandise, we'd like to think, will become uh, a, a greater a greater contributor than what it is now because with uh, Nick, C Nick Pearson as our CEO, his background is in... Uh, sports retail and merchandising and he, he's bringing in a lot of great ideas and uh, for, for example from this month the first ever Parkrun Australia or Parkrun uh, running singlet should be available uh, that's something that we've been uh, banging on about for a few years now when are we going to be able to buy a singlet and um, yeah that should be happening uh, this month so uh, we'd definitely like to see um, a lot of those around the place in Australia because uh, obviously all, all the funding that all the funds that come in uh, through merchandise sales, support the growth of Parkrun. Now, before we let you go, every good Parkrun adventure doesn't always have to include Parkrun. You mentioned you included the Two Oceans event. That's right. Everyone from Parkrun had a run. Some tried out the Ultra. You you did the half marathon? I did, I did. So as you say, um, pretty much everyone who was in town for the conference did one of the events uh, within the Two Oceans Marathon Festival. With my wife, Nikki, being from Cape Town, um, we decided that we would run together uh, no matter no matter the time. And uh, her brother, Richard, and his wife, Nicole, we the four of us, uh, as I say, said we'd do it together. And our intention was that we would go as fast as the slowest person. Uh, and, and, and that's what we did. And uh, look, it was... Uh, it wasn't my fastest time ever. In fact, it was it was my slowest half marathon ever. You know, and uh, I haven't actually received my official time, but it was around two hours forty five, something like that. But uh, we we had a great time, and we you know stopped at the drink stations and talked to people and 
lots of high fives in the crowd and um, Nikki's knee was hurting so we you know we did walk a little bit uh, but all in all it, you know, it was a great experience and uh, it was a, it was an interesting lesson for me to go into a, a proper uh, race if you want to call it that um, with the intention of, of not doing my best you know the intention was to enjoy it and, and run with my friends and family and um, so it was a different mindset uh, but it was it was highly enjoyable and uh, I'm sure anyone out there who's listening who's, who's done similar would uh, would understand what I'm saying uh, but yeah across the rest of the park runners there was a great some great results Matt Shields who is our country manager for the Republic of Ireland, uh, was actually second in his age category across the, the the event. I think he did the 56 in uh, a tad over four hours. Um, Ouch. So that, I mean, that's moving. No matter what age you are, that's moving. Uh, Paul Senton Hewitt, uh, he ran his first ever two oceans. And uh, Tom Williams from the UK also. Uh, Bruce Fordyce, who is the, uh, the running god of South Africa and, and our country manager there. He'd been told by doctors that he would never be able to run again, um, but he has persevered and rehabilitated his knee to the point where he was able to get around the 56K in, I think it was six and a half hours. Um, or, you know, in, in his day, Bruce would have done that in um, probably three hours and something, I think. Um, but uh, he was, again, highly emotional when he when he finished, because uh, for him it was a victory, and then he was told he just wouldn't have been, wouldn't be able to do it. So for him to be able to finish was was a real achievement, and and in his mind probably up there with one of his uh, nine or ten comrades uh, victories. <laughs> okay, thanks for that this week, Tim. We're about to catch up with Brendan Murray and have a chat about Main Beach Park Run, the early days. So we might bring you back in for that interview. Looking if forward for it. to it. Any chance I get to speak to Brendan Murray is a chance I'll take. He's a legend. On the weekend, Parkrun Australia turned five, and we're going to go back five years to event number one and have a chat to a man who was there. Brendan, welcome to the podcast, Brendan. Hey, guys. How are you going? Thanks for having me on. Five years is a long time. Do you still remember the early days of Main Beach Parkrun? Yeah, definitely a memorable time in my life, and I yeah can remember back to the some of the early days and whatnot. So you weren't the first event director. Um, well, not officially. Like how it sort of started, I think um, there was a guy that was helping out in my studio and um, still running around on the Gold Coast. I think John Borbidge. And um, he thought, you know, this was a great idea and um, he'd had the conversations with, with Tim. And, yeah, so that was like I, I was kind of busy, you know, sort of going on with, with my business stuff and, and he was working out of my studio at the time. And I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, yeah this parkrun thing, I didn't really know what it was or whatnot. But the next thing we are getting getting the photo shoot with the mayor and the paper and, um, with Tim and Clarence, the dog, and whatnot, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is pretty pretty cool." And you know, like we're getting a little bit of a bit of exposure here. And then went along to the first event, and um, you know, they had the old trusty laptop out with the timing system, and um, you know, Tim and uh, had been out and, and done the course marking, and I think I think I'd gone out to help him with that at some stage. 
went for a jog and, and, and marked out the course or, yeah, and so we were, it was, uh, the starting location was, um, was different to where we, well, where I held most of the park runs as event director. Um, so I just remember it being at the, um, you know, start and finish was in, in the park and probably what comes to mind is the finish line that was, you'd, you'd, you'd come up to the finish line and literally the last 20 metres would just scoot down in this like, almost like a, a slippery dip down the hill. You could almost throw someone, you know, like a, a boogie board or something and they could do a massive grass slide or, or put a piece of black plastic down and, and slide into the finish line. So we were sort of thinking, oh, well, this is a bit, bit dangerous. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my memory of the first one. And uh, then, yeah, I just remember like, obviously with the, with the system and the computer and the uploading of the results, I just remember there was a guy, um, it was Errol, um, he was one of um, John's clients and he was helping out as well. So Errol and John were like tearing their hair out over this, you know, getting the results up and anyone that's ever done some park run behind the scenes stuff would well, in the earlier days, would know that it, it may have, you know, it can go wrong at times. And, um, yeah, so that was pretty funny. And that was my memories of that first one. Had you met Ron Clark before the photo shoot? No, no, I never met Ron um, before, actually, because, like, I was fairly new to the Gold Coast and, like, obviously knew the name as, as Ron as a runner. And, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty – I was pretty – I guess, young in terms of, you know, Olympic history and all that sort of stuff. So I sort of knew a bit, but I didn't know of exactly what Ron's achievements were. And like I've since read his book and, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, obviously I'm inspired by the guy, but yeah, I hadn't met him and I actually didn't even know that he was the, the mayor of the Gold Coast all the time. <laughs> like, I'd only been living there for, for a few years and I just... You know, I didn't sort of make the... Oh, I probably knew he was the mayor, but, you know, I didn't make this connection that, hey, we've got this guy that used to be an ex-Olympic runner and he's he's the mayor of the Gold Coast. Like, sport and politics don't always, you know, you don't always add the two up, but it was pretty cool to, to meet him and it was really, like, a really powerful thing to have his support behind it. So I think Tim did fantastically well in incorporating... Um, yeah, run into it, which is great. I'm looking. You ran an event too, Brendan. Oh, um, did I? Yes. The first <laughs> run was uh, well. You may have run at first event, but maybe you didn't have a barcode. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I did. I didn't run the first event. I remember actually. I remember going around and doing the signs on the mountain bike, and uh, and the tires were flat, and it was just. Like it was a nightmare. Like went out and marked the course, and then had to make it back before the start of the race. And I was like burring along the concrete, but like on flat tires and pedaling really hard, not going really fast. So yeah, I didn't run the first one at all. Brian Peters is another one. Who? Yeah, Brian. Is... Brian, the tail runner. Just one of those. I mean, probably every park run's got one where you've got a guy that you just is you know, just a really calm influence and you can always rely on them to do, you know, whatever, like, he would be happy to 
set up at the start. You knew he would be there. Like he didn't, he wasn't listed as a volunteer necessarily, but he was down there. And then you know he would happily jump in, and you know he was always wanted to be the tail runner. So and he he started this thing where he'd do a run, a freedom run before, so he could then still be the tail runner. So he um yeah he injected a fair bit of energy into that. So big kudos to Brian. The interesting thing about Brian is that in a couple of weeks' time, he's going to be our first recipient of a 250 shirt. Oh, holy crap. Yes. So Brian's done 248. Yeah. Brendan yeah, Murray right. has only done 26. Yeah. Yeah, I've run a fair... I reckon I've run more park runs without a barcode than, than with one. I'm like the worst culprit of it. <laughs> But at least you don't try to convince the volunteers to add you after the fact. Oh, they did bite for a while, and then I think, yeah, you could, I could tell that the, um, you know, the Parkrun Australia HQ had um, knuckled down on it, and there you know, volunteers were less likely to, they just go, oh, no, too bad. So, and I'll be like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, obviously, in, you know, in the first. Yeah, in, in the first couple, like for me to actually run at Main Beach Park Run, everyone was like, oh, Brennan, you're having a run today. That's awesome. I'm like, yeah, I know. And I felt like really guilty about it because I'd be having a run that, um, you know, I was able to do that because we, by that time, we'd established a bit of a team. And yeah, so it was it was cool. I'd turn up at the at the event and, and, and be in the directing role and, um you know, I might be exhausted from a busy week in the business or whatever, but still, you know, you'd leave that place. You'd arrive at that place and leave that place with a with a sore jaw because you'd just been smiling so much. So it was always, you know, reward for effort, which was good. You've since moved to Albury. You're running there and helping out the team there. Oh, we, we did help them a couple of times in the earlier days when um, they had a few things on. So we did... did uh, my sisters, my, myself, my partner Stacy. Yeah, we did the event directing a couple of times. Um, we participated in a few runs, and we we do liaise quite heavily with with Sarah and Curtis, who are, like they just do an awesome job at Aubrey. Like I don't know, I, I think they're probably everyone probably thinks this about their local event directors, but I reckon that they've got to be you know one of the best you know, team event directors in the, in the country. This would be hard, hard to top. Yeah, we, because um, liaise with them for our um, trail series and they allow us to sort of do a little bit of, a little bit of promotion and that sort of stuff, which is really cool. So tell us more about your trail series. Um, yeah, so three race series and uh, yeah, we've got a, so a 14, 19 and a 30, all with pretty decent elevation for their distance and good variety of trails, so not too much of, you know, there's no sort of, not too much back and forthing or anything like that. It's all very varied and, you know, on good parks, so it's cool. I came up last year and did one of the races. The one I did, it was raining all day. Yeah, with the waterfall? Yeah, yeah, lots of elevation. I walked it. There's no shame in saying I walked. (laughs) No shame in walking that (laughs) The only thing I didn't like is you sent us down one road to turn around and come straight back up. And I just yeah. thought that was cruel. We didn't need to do that. 
but the rest was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. No, look, I knew that was nasty, but the reason I did that um, was obviously adding a little bit of distance that we needed to get up to 19, but well, my thinking behind it completely was that that was a really easy access point, that bottom gate to the park that not many people knew about. Yeah, just for people to go, you know, it's right on a residential, off a residential street. And just, yeah, so by going down to the bottom, maybe going, okay, there's an entry point. And probably no one was in, is in thinking now that they wanted to return to that, that steep climb back up um, via that road, but oh well. Well, look, you showed it to us. You're right. So we, now we know it's yeah. there. So look, what we'll do, Brendan, is we'll put all this information up on our Facebook page so people can find out more about this series, including the dates and the courses. But what we're going to do now is we're going to go back to Main Beach event number one and bring in someone else who was there. Tim Oberg is with us again. And Tim, let's start by what are your recollections from the very first event at Main Beach? Wow, event one. Well, I've got a, there are a couple of uh, things that come to mind. One is you know, obviously leading into it, we had no idea uh, what was going to happen, how it was going to be received, would anyone turn up. So I think the first recollection is just that um, there was relief that people did turn up. Probably second was, uh, you know, when we actually marshaled everyone together, there's a little hill there at Main Beach, and, and uh, I was quite nervous uh, getting up and, uh, I guess, introducing Event 1 and, and, and Brendo and the team and so on. And um, we didn't get too many photos from that first event, but there are still a couple kicking around of me sort of standing on the hill uh, I, I guess welcoming everyone, so that's a very vivid memory of mine. Uh, and, uh, and probably lastly is uh, that we had Ron Clark there, the late great uh, Australian distance runner. Uh, he was mayor of the Gold Coast at the time um, and went on to become our, our first patron. Uh, and of course, sadly, he passed away last year, but um, it, was, it was an honour having Ron there. And, you know, the, the legend has it now that, uh, of course, Ron didn't bring his barcode and uh, so now he's, he's, he's an unknown runner on our uh, Main Beach Park Run uh, event one results. I think he's at about number 108 or something like that uh, at about one hour. And there's an unknown runner, and that's Ron Clark. So, so I guess, yeah, they're probably the, the three, uh, three memories from that first event. And starting up from scratch, how important was um, Brendan and the team that you formed getting that first event up and running? Yeah, well, I moved to the Gold Coast in, in January of, of 2012 and, and really didn't know anyone on the, in the running scene or, and, and whatnot. And quite early on, I met uh, Brendan uh, and his partner, Stacey, and, and John Borbidge, of course, has been mentioned earlier. Um, and I was doing some training with, with them. And, um, and I guess we just got talking about the parkrun concept and they all put their hand up to, to be involved. I, I guess I never had the intention of being the event director of event number one. I, I, I really wanted to be more the, you know, the facilitator of the whole thing. Of course, you know, I did get down in the trenches and, and run direct and, and volunteer and, and so on as, as we all did back in the early days and as, as any event director would at any the early days of their event but um you know it was a relief for me to come come and meet brendan and and find and, and john and 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 know that the event was going to be in safe hands and then of course when when uh when john moved on and, and brendan took 
the reins uh, 100%, then uh, he was uh, an absolute rock, got Main Beach Park Run moving, I guess you'd say. And we're all very grateful for all the work that was put in in the early days at Main Beach. So thanks, Tim, and thanks, Brendan. Thanks for coming on, telling your story, reminiscing a bit, and good luck with everything that you've got planned for this year. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. Take care, buddy. This is Danella Taylor doing some roving reporting for the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. I'm here today at the launch of the Lismore Parkrun and we've got Noreen Finucane here. She's done her very, very first parkrun. How did it go, Norse? Oh, it was great. It was great. Good atmosphere. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. And, and and where's home for you, Norse? Um, I've come from Tamworth. Yeah? Yeah, I knew... Um, Belinda was organising this event from way off and I thought it'd be a nice surprise to yeah, join to her this morning. And support yeah. her, and that's yeah. lovely. And did you know that there is a park run in Tamworth? There is, there yes. is. I've registered and just never run it. And will you be going along to Tamworth now? I will, I will, awesome. yeah, for sure. I'll go down to the Tamworth Park Run. Yeah. Awesome. Now I'm actually interviewing the event director of Lismore Park Run, Belinda Smith, who is actually my twin sister as well. Yeah. Hey, Vinny. Hi, Donnie. How are you? Good. How are you? How did, how did everything go today? Um, extremely well. Very, um, very successful. I'm very happy. We've had um, so much positive feedback and lots of commendations of bringing Lismore to um, park run to Lismore and um, yeah, everyone was really happy. We had a guy from the UK, so that was pretty awesome. We got a bit over 200, 203, wow. yeah, I, think. I think it was. 203, yeah. so that's, um, you know, that's awesome. I'm happy with that. That's a great number to start with. Yeah, yeah. and you got lots of brand new first timers We today. did. There were lots of um, brand newies out there awesome. today, which is great, and I hope that they are hyped after their run. Yeah. And, and lots of locals as well. Yeah, lots of locals, which is a lot of people are from... Um, of, Lismore is a couple from Casino and Austinville. Um, yeah, so that's great. I'm here with the Mayor of Lismore, Jenny Dow. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Danella. Fantastic to meet you and Lovely a great event you. this morning. Yes, and what did you do today? What was your role? Well, uh, I was in the trial last week, so I actually half ran, half walked last week, but we were short for a marshal, so I put my hand up uh, last night to be a marshal this morning. So I was there and it was fantastic to see so many people, people who thought that they might only do two laps, uh, didn't know if they could manage three, and all of them have finished three, so and it's fantastic. All of them completed, and then it's amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and fantastic. that's great that you could help to volunteer as well. And oh, it really, this is a great event. It keeps Lismore healthy, but we've got lots of people who really can't afford to join a running club. To have a free, healthy event every Saturday morning at seven o'clock uh, down here is just fantastic. So I think it'll grow. We've had more than two hundred people today yes. for the first one, and I know some of those were visitors. But I reckon it'll grow here, and it'll be really fantastic. I do as well, I think it'll be amazing for your community, and I'm very proud of my beautiful twin sister Belinda, who's done such an amazing job. And Look, Belinda, very lucky to have her as a citizen of your. We are very show. lucky. She came to see me about this about probably six or nine months ago in my office. 
She told me about the idea. I'd heard a little bit about it because I've got a friend from here who lives up uh, in Brisbane and participates. But uh, she has brought all this together with Anthony and her two gorgeous daughters and some friends. They've brought all this uh, to fruition and she's a powerhouse. And on top of being a a mum and a full-time worker and studying, you know, talk about give a busy person a job. She's just fantastic. I'm just with a, um, a runner who's just come in second, actually. Hi there, I'm Martin Gillies. I am um, formerly the event director at Wormwood Scrubs Parkrun back in London. I'm out in Australia on a working holiday visa for 2016, and I yeah, have indeed just come second in the inaugural Lismore Parkrun. Yeah, well done on that. And um, how did you find the course? Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. The uphill start kind of spread the, spread the field out a little bit, but then there's lots of little twisty turns and a, a couple of really tight ones to catch you out um particularly on the second and third laps you've got a lot of people to kind of look out for so it definitely keeps your mind busy as you're you're wandering around the three laps though no worries well thanks for that uh that's all out for me jerry at uh, lismore park run thank you so this is gary clark reporting in for um park run adventurers uh, denise and i have traveled this morning to victoria and after much debate we've landed at lilydale lakes very easy instructions to get here and we're treated to a wonderful sunrise. Uh, Denise has posted that on Facebook this morning, hashtag parkrunadventurers, uh, so you'll be able to find that. Certainly plenty of people milling around here this morning. We're looking forward to uh, seeing what Lilydale Lakes provides us as far as a run goes. So we'll uh, head off to the briefing and catch up with you after our run. Alright, so we've just finished our run at uh, Lilydale Lakes Park Run and what a beautiful course it is. It's uh, two laps, uh, it's all on gravel so it's quite nice underfoot. Um, dead flat, absolutely flat, so it's good for fast times. I think Denise and I both run our fastest time for, for 12 months or so. Uh, very friendly atmosphere and a great bunch of uh, volunteers down here. The uh, Lilydale Lake is absolutely gorgeous on your left as you're running around. And, uh, of course, if you uh, ease off the speed a bit, you can uh, take in all of those lovely views. Yeah. And uh, even this morning they had, out, had some paces out and about and uh, celebrated their 100th park run. So happy birthday for uh, 100 park runs. And I believe they're celebrating uh, an official park run birthday in a couple of weeks' time. So if you're anywhere around Lilydale Lakes or you can get down here for their anniversary in April, then certainly suggest you do so. This is Gary Clark signing off for the Parkrun Adventurers. This is Darren Walters from Harvey Bay Parkrun. I'm sitting here chatting with Graham Grenell, one of our full-time volunteers. Graham, what do you like about Harvey Bay Parkrun? I like the fact that all families are involved. They range from really small to very old. It's good to see the the families turn up here. And and your family runs and volunteers every week? that's part of your weekly thing? Yeah, I have a wife, a daughter and grandchildren all run at Harvey Bay Park Run. And you've volunteered how many times, Graham? That's about 53 times now. And that's a fabulous effort? I think so myself. Now, talking to John Street, one of our elder statesmen and a full-time volunteer and runner, also a pacer every day, every weekend. John, what do you like about Harvey Bay Park Run? I think it's great to see all the families come together. You get them from the very young to the very old, and everybody seems to enjoy it. And I get a kick out of seeing everybody just enjoy themselves on the day. 
And you so also enjoy running yourself? Well, I do. I enjoy pacing for other people and trying to get the PBs for them, yes. I'm now talking with Kylie Brazzaldello. What do you like most about Harvey Bay Park Run, Kylie? Um, I think the thing I like most is definitely, and probably people say this all the time, is community spirit and the people that you've met. I've only been in Harvey Bay for three years, but um, I joined up Harvey Bay when it first started here and I've met the most wonderful people ever. So, yeah, love it, love it, for the kids as well. And, and the Harvey Bay Park Run course, what do you think about that? Oh, beautiful, magnificent. I was just, um, I brought a friend along with me today for the first time and I was saying to her once we got to the rock wall, oh my gosh, how beautiful is this? We're very, very lucky. We're blessed to have such a beautiful park run. Thank you very much, Kylie. My pleasure. Well, that was a nice collection of roving reports we got this week. We had contributions from the Lismore launch. Gary was back. He visited Lilydale Lake. And Harvey Bay. Yeah, first time we've heard from Harvey Bay. Darren did a great job. Let's take a look. Was there any action on social media for us this week, Mel? There was, Scotty. We had heaps. Instagram had bunny underscore 79 going on a road trip to Bundaberg. They had a pic of our podcast on the dash in the car, which is all the rage right now. So if you know, you're out there and you're listening to this in your car, pull over. Take a photo of it, send it to us. We want to see it. I'm going to do a montage. Anyway, the photo of the dash with the car was spliced with two kids in the back, a sleeping toddler and one very grown-up looking young man who was wide awake. And bunny underscore 79 said, one little bunny managed to listen to the fifth consecutive Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Up to date now, Mel and Scotty. Thank you. Thank you, Bunny79, for subjecting your children to us for five straight episodes. That is excellent parenting. Should be more of it. Oz Twin Mama. Parkrun tourists today and our first, well, Parkrun adventurers, Oz Twin Mama. <laughs> Correction there. Uh, but they went to their first interstate parkrun. Seven states and territories to go. That is correct. But you've started somewhere. The adventure has to start somewhere. Yes. Good on you. Positivism One shared a picture of PB ice cream and another picture of our first hashtag junior adventurers. Um, That was a pic of April dressed as Elsa from Frozen. And I believe she got her PB in that costume at Tuggeranong Park Run. So congratulations, April. Obviously, if you're dressed like a queen, you go faster. Nod Lightyear was back, looking very fluoro, great top he was in, at Altona <laughs> Beach Park Run. So some good adventuring there from Nod. And Altona Beach looks pretty gorgeous too in the background. Finding My Balance had her third attempt at running Australia's toughest trail running park run course and smashed her PB by two minutes. Woohoo! Not bad for 35-minute finish. Only walked up two killer hills. Great job, Finding My Balance. Shifting over to Facebook, Chris Fraser. Just finished listening to episode 13. He loved the final interview at the end, thought it was adorable. I wonder how many people stayed to the end. And actually caught that one. Go back if you didn't. I'm saying it's worth it. I may be biased. It's not often you get to hear from a penguin. No. <laughs> a park so penguin who stays in the car. <laughs> 
What did Donella Taylor get up to? Are you ready for me to move on to that now? <laughs> <laughs> Donella actually shared another junior adventurer's pick, Halloween fun with Jack as boy Dracula, Daddy Jerry as Dracula, and Mackenzie as a friendly ghost. You might remember Mackenzie from early, early episodes. She's the little girl who said her favourite movie was Peppa Pig. And she looks very cute as a friendly ghost. Wrapping up Facebook, can't forget Melissa Ellis and Toc went to the Turalgan first anniversary and they shared a couple of pics. And the cake looked great. And And the the costumes costumes, too. Another good theme, the theme was tea for Turalgan. I saw, um, I thought what I... What I imagined was a fairy, but maybe it was Tinkerbell. Yeah. But there was Tigger and there was Toothpaste. I wonder how that running worked. Lots of short steps. <laughs> Brad Beer was talking about high turnover. Yeah, I, he didn't mention dressing up as a toothpaste. He didn't. But you, you interpret advice in many different ways. This is true. And if I had thought about this more and I was wittier, I would probably come up with like half a dozen really good toothpaste puns, but I don't have any. And now I've got you thinking, don't I? Let's just floss over that and carry on. (laughs) Yep, here come the dad jokes. We have no launches this week, not in Australia anyway. There must be heaps overseas. But we do have two anniversaries. So where are we going for cake this week, Mel? If you're in New South Wales or you don't mind a bit of a trip from any of the other states in Australia, you could go to Fingal Bay, who are celebrating their third anniversary. And a little bit closer to home for you, Warragul are having their first anniversary. Will you be headed that way for some cake this weekend, Scotty? I would love to, but I'm not. Sorry, Warragul. Have fun without me. Okay, Scotty. You mentioned that you broke your rules and you listened to music on a solo run this week. I would like your three recommended songs to add to my playlist for my next long run, please. I've got a bit of a long one coming up this coming weekend and I could do with some new music to pep me up and get me over the finish line. You're putting me on notice. You're giving me a week to think about it, aren't you? No, no. I want them now. What were you listening to on the weekend that made you run so fast? Give me three of the best ones. Well, I just had one album on you- Okay, and what was the album? The Life of Pablo Okay, I'm not familiar with this album Have you heard of Kanye West? Oh (laughs) He's married to that Kim Kardashian lady, isn't he? Apparently Do you like the old Kanye or the new Kanye? No Do you miss the old Kanye? I'm pretty sure I answered no to both those questions. <laughs> Do I like the old Kanye? Do I like the new Kanye? No. It's time to wrap it up for this week. Good luck on the weekend, Mel. I am very jealous. Thanks, Scotty, but uh, there's no luck necessary in costume making. It's all in the preparation. Good prepping for <laughs> the weekend. Remember, it's all about how you look, not how you run. And it's all about having fun. And it's all about the bling, the lovely shiny bling at the end, which is going to make it all worth it, I'm sure. Not even nervous. Yet. So I'm looking forward to hearing all the reports that you're going to bring back for next week's spot. 
It will be great to hear from the West Australians. Really looking forward to it. Can't wait. Until next Wednesday. Yeah.